Welcome to the VoxGig podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm speaking to Ethan Lewis and Simon Cheng of vaunt.dev, which is a SaaS tool for building and nurturing your open source community. Vaunt.dev is part of a new generation of developer relations tools that are highly focused on helping us do the things that we've done manually in the past. And I'm really, really pleased to see this generation of tools starting to evolve. In our discussion, you can see that Ethan and Simon are coming from a place of true belief in open source communities and are motivated by solving their own problems, which is really the best way to build a product. Ethan and Simon, welcome to the Fireside with VoxGig podcast. We are talking today about Vaunt.dev, which is your latest endeavor. Um, I've got to hand it over to you guys. Uh, what is Vaunt.dev? Perfect. Yeah, just a, a quick background about myself. My name is Ethan Lewis. I'm the, the CTO of Vaunt. Um, I have Simon with me on the call. If Simon, you want to give a quick intro, and then I can step into a little blurb about Vaunt. Yep. Um, I'm Simon, uh, one of the founding employees at Vaunt, and working on Prada and developer relationship. I have some pleasure to work with, talk with a developer and developer advocate. We'd love to share our experience today. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Vaunt uh, really got started out of a need from our parent company, Coachapa, which is a, a mobile measurement and attribution uh, company. We have a lot of open source projects that we're working on. A, a lot of our, our focus is growing into a developer community, figuring out how we can get more engagement on a lot of our open source endeavors and some of our R&D initiatives. And during that discovery, um, we had some concepts and some uh, internal chats with our engineering team around, uh, you know, how do they do open source contributions? What are some of the pain points that they have when they're contributing to open source projects? And you know, more often than not, uh, what surprised us was hearing um, a simple thank you when contributing to open source was what encouraged them the most to discover new communities and engage with new open source projects. And that really lit off a light bulb for us to say, boy, thank you. Thank yous are easy. How can we help companies get more visibility into this? And how can we give more visibility into the contributors going into their projects? So um, that's the ethos behind Vaunt. Vaunt is an open source community engagement tool. We're hyper-focused on how we can celebrate uh, contributors in the open source space and how we can shed some light and help organizations showcase the contributions to their open source projects. So are you helping companies that sponsor open source, companies that have open source, or individual maintainers? Right, we're all familiar okay. with the XKCD comment, yes, right? Of, exactly. <laughs> some guy wears it in Nebraska or something, right? He props up the whole <laughs> open source Absolutely. stack. Is who, exactly. who's it for? Who's it for? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and you know, really, um, somewhat unique to us. I I think what we're really hoping to serve is the individual contributor themselves. By proxy, we're working with organizations to help them achieve that goal. But the main focus that we're driving is how can we give credit to the developer? So um, organizations obviously can benefit from that, from some of the tools that we have, but showcasing the developer themselves, 
having them integrate with Vaughn, understanding some of the the core you know services that they're contributing to and some of the awesome uh, projects that they're working on is really the the main target audience. So I'm just looking at the website. Uh, it's really uh, it's really nice and to the point, right? Community building for devs and the organizations who love them. Uh, but yep. what is missing, and perhaps this is by design, is a pricing page. So is <laughs> yeah. this ultimately going to become a, a, a product or is it, at the moment, is it, yeah, is it more great. of a contribution? Another, another great question. Um, we're intentionally starting out with you know key organizations as we're getting up and running. Again, this is the, the really cool thing, in my opinion, with Vaughn is it's a bootstrap project. We're sponsored by our parent company. So, you know, they might flag me for this, but revenue is not our top priority. We're focused more <laughs> on how we can build really interesting tools and help you know organizations grow. You um, can't sell to developers a... anyway, right? So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we uh, we are we're you know pushing that off a little bit. We're really focused on the feature development. However, uh, you know what we've been learning in market is one of the big strategies that we want to make sure we're hitting with our pricing when we roll that out. That look like you know rolling out a pricing within the next six months, but the big thing that we're learning is this cannot be detrimental to the open source company. Meaning, um, you know, most open source companies, whether or not it's an individual maintainer or an organization, they're they're typically they have varying revenue strategies that go into their project. We want to make sure that we're designing something that is additive and helps grow that revenue and doesn't deter from their KPIs as a company. So. You know, if you're an individual maintainer and you're wanting to install this on your repository, we do not want that to break the bank or take away from a sponsorship opportunity or gotcha. uh, you know anything like that. So we're we're hyper focused on ensuring that we can we can add value and from there um, look to see where we can fit from a from a price point in market. And while you were talking, I just installed Font on my GitHub. Awesome, so. thank you. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so Very that's cool. pretty cool. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, so I, I mean, I, I'm gonna get straight to, to 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 the heart of the matter for me as an open source maintainer. Um, this is kind of maybe I don't know is it a loaded question? It's kind of an interesting one. Why does GitHub? Why why are the GitHub tools for maintainers so poor? Right. So I, just to give you an example, I have a uh, little microservices framework. It's been around for about ten years. Node.js got about yeah. 150 plugins. Uh, it's pretty hard to keep up with issues and feedback Absolutely. and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, but I have to maintain my my framework repo by repo. Right, drives me nuts. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, it's a, a great question. I think those were the same questions that we were asking when we started setting out on this, and it it was very similar. You know. Um, open source is pretty viral in nature, nature, I feel very similar to, to other social endeavors. Um, and what we were trying to find is how can we lower the burden for maintainers by building certain tools? So on the flip side of Vaunt, you know, one element of it is how can we engage more community members to help ease the burden of maintain, uh, maintaining an open source project? and ensure that they get that thank you, at least uh, for the contributions that they're driving. The other flip side is um, now that we you know, are getting this uh, integration point with the GitHub repositories directly, there's a lot of tools that we can build on top of what GitHub already offers. Um, so one of those elements is something that we call just our community boards. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of analytics tools out in the space that help show uh, contributions. But our focus is really around the KPIs that go into making up what a really good project is. I'm going to steal a line from from Simon, but make sure he gets credit. One of the big things that we uh, really push for is is a slogan that we say, which is go beyond the star count of of your GitHub repository. And how can you focus in on the true KPIs that really move the needle for your project? So um, we're still learning in that phase. There's a lot, again, we're a very user-driven company. We'd like to get feedback from market. We've had some great conversations on you know, how do we establish the KPIs going into what is uh, qualifying a developer lead? How can you show user intent? How can you grow uh, a strong community encouragement uh, plan and, and things like that? So um, it's a it's a fun space to work in. And I think leveraging a lot of what GitHub has built, which is a fantastic API um, to expose some of the data uh, is where we're really starting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a fantastic vision. You guys are both developers. Uh, Correct. Simon, yep. was it, for, for you, was this uh, a personal pain? Was this something you were like, man, I really wish this existed, so I'm just going to build this thing? Yeah, I mean, um, I work with closely with developer and DevRel. Um, I feel like they're playing right now. I'm talking to a lot of DevRel. Um, they... I mean, in the economic downturn, there's a lot of difficulty in in budgeting, um, in how to keep your position, right? Um, so to maintain that same level of engagement, uh, retain your community, and even grow that, it's pretty hard without without budget. Um, so that's something we are addressing with Fond, um, with Fond that we are motivated people in a non-monetizing way so that i think that's really valuable for Darrell, and i hope that exists in the early stage and also the things that isa mentioned about kpi how do we really define the right kpi for you because project in various stage should have different kpi not just start right. yeah right in the beginning start is Perfect. That's the right indicator for you. Your project is growing right in the right direction. But later on, probably should be issued and probably should be PR in further. And then eventually you should looking for uh, people really convert into maintainer or convert into your pay plan. Uh, depends on your, your, your solution. So that's uh, why we build out one and I'm really excited about it. Awesome, and I mean there is another um, use case which I which has happened happened for me quite a few times, which is uh, recruitment. So I've often ended up hiring people who my first interactions with them were as as contributors, and over the course of developing a relationship, um, realized that you know, hey, this this developer is is actually really good or at least really enthusiastic or shares the same technical philosophy. Uh, do you think recruitment is going to be something that you look at as a part of the product now? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's something that I'm, I'm extremely interested in and, you know, just pointing back briefly at our, our parent company of recruiting developers, you know, through open source engagement was one of our main goals of building bond. 
it hasn't been something that we out of the gate started to invest in. We really wanted to take some gradual steps that we're jumping into. But I think what you're you're uh, you know mentioning around um, building that relationship and trust with developers through open source engagement that's really fundamental in the open source space. And you know again what what always uh, as a developer what always gets my uh, my hackles up is uh, hearing like, oh, look at their GitHub contribution calendar and look at the, you know, the projects that they've engaged with. And there's truth to that, um, but yeah. there's also more beneath what that, that overall engagement looks like. So an example would be um, not all contributions are code contributions. You know, right. I'll, I'll certainly raise my hand and say, I would 1000% recruit a, a, a doc writer right now <laughs> and if no, they could I think we all would. documentation <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> if they could if they could do something like that that would be super additive to the project and further grow our our initiatives and um you know again kind of pointing back to to where we really started leaning out um building out bond was around achievements and one of the slogans again that we use is codify your contributing md file or your guidelines of how contributors to get in, get involved in um, there's things that we're doing, like making achievements for editing markdown files. Um, and that shows that we have a real intent to encourage contributions to our project through not just code contributions, but documentation. And yeah. we're awarding that and we're celebrating that contribution and um, and so on and so forth. So uh, just beyond recruitment, I think um, overall, just setting some really clear guidelines for the community and then piggybacking on how you can grow the community, grow trust with open source developers. And you know, then further uh, long term potentially higher or uh, further incentivize. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, so I could could I mean as main as a maintainer, can I define my own achievements, or are they defined by you guys, or how does it work? That's correct. Yeah, that is our our staple feature is uh, what we call custom achievements for uh, Git GitHub repositories. So as a an owner um, of a repository, you can install Vaunt. You can configure all custom achievements. We pull in a lot of metadata from GitHub via their APIs. And you can do things like uh, award um, an achievement for, like I said, a markdown file edit or a test file addition to further drive tests to your projects. Or um, you can restrict an achievement to you know, encourage that they follow a pull request template. Um, or an issue template and get reactions on the issue, thumbs up, votes, et cetera. So yeah. um, the possibilities are, are are pretty endless with what combinations that you can set up. And that's where we've really focused a lot of our attention. And now we're just working on what other areas can we start to expand into. And a, a big area of focus for us is, you know, really repository discovery and uh, issue discovery and figuring out how you can align your individual uh, skill set with the open source ecosystem. Yeah, I, re I really like this idea of being able to thank people by recognizing what they've done. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the reason I was asking that question is I, I have this particular use case that happens seems to happen quite a bit it, where somebody actually submits a PR. But in the end, uh, it's more of an inspiration rather than something sure. that would ever get merged, right? And it, it, sure. it becomes a feature. But mm -hmm. that person may not have had sufficient context to produce an, an actual implementation, right? It's Absolutely. more of a uh, an experiment or a prototype. So it's really hard going back to them and saying, "Yeah, cool feature." Um, 
but I'm not going to merge. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry about your code, but uh, I kind of rewrote it. Yep. <laughs> right. And that is a great use case, by the way. Yeah. I think that is that is fantastic and really highlights exactly what we're talking about. I On all of my open source projects, one of the biggest things that I, I want engagement on are ideas. Like straight up, how do I make this better? I've obviously hit a spot where I'm calling it quote unquote done, although most of my side projects are never done. Um, but looking for that type of engagement from the community, it's so fun. And that's what I really like with the open source group. But you're absolutely right. You know, some might see that as a deterrent. If you can right. piggyback an achievement off of that to say, hey, no, truly, thank you for the the PR. And it goes beyond just a comment. It's something that they can showcase and goes with them for the rest of you know, their time on GitHub. That's pretty cool. That's a, a really meaningful thing. Absolutely. Uh, so the other side of this, and we are we are here to talk about developer relations, and that is something mm -hmm. that commercial organizations do, right? Uh, yep. So you often have this scenario where uh, you have a, a software as a service offering of some kind, mm -hmm. online project management tool or whatever, and you've got an API REST, GraphQL, or whatever. And of course, you have a bunch mm -hmm. of SDKs, mm -hmm. open source, and they live in GitHub. Uh, and then you have this process and management problem in the DevRel mm -hmm. team, or maybe it's even the engineering team of who's maintaining these things, who's dealing with um, PRs that come in, issues, mm -hmm. because you're going to get uh, you're going to get actual feature requests. You're going to get actual bug reports right. from actual customers because they're not using your proper ticketing system because it's just yep. some dev. Uh, I mean, for a lot of companies, trying to manage their open source SDKs on GitHub is oh yeah. If they don't have a big team, it's a it's mm -hmm. they just it, it's hard. I mean, the, 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 it's bit rot, right? They, they it rot, is basically. It's a huge challenge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, again, with our, our parent company, uh, we have, um, you know, over 800 repositories that we manage. Wow. A lot of that, we've been a company for 11 years. Um, you know, it, it's a, a growing organization. There's knowledge troughs that aren't in production anymore that we have. Then you're absolutely right. Like visibility into those projects is something that we've, we've had a challenge with. And again, one of the things that uh, we, we, have somewhat been leveraging Bonk for as a as a byproduct is establishing code owners. Um, you know whether or not they're new additions to the team or old additions to the team at the company, no longer at the company in our open source community or not. Um, those are all KPIs that we can pull directly from the the repositories that we have and start to establish. Then how do we clean up some of the things that? Um, you know, exist out there like a, a stale repository that doesn't have a code owner and a question comes up and no one has any context on what the issue is. So flagging those, identifying them, figuring out how to incentivize a developer to go to it and actually do uh, a code contribution. And again, those are all things um, just to, to gamify some of our internal engineering that we've been leveraging uh, as far as like claiming a repository, uh, getting the know the the top commits or contributions to the repository to become a code owner based on the experience with it and and try to get traction into that and same thing applies i think to um issue and pull request management you know getting a, a, a better notification system on how to manage those and how to drum up visibility into them 
is something that we are are pretty hyper focused on. And another area that uh, I'd love to see us go down is um, just understanding overall community intent, the intent behind some of the issues, the intent behind some of the pull requests, and and things like that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just I I'm, I loads of use cases occur to me. <laughs> yes, uh, awesome. let's shift gears a little bit because I want to I want to yeah. ask about your uh, your own developer experience using the GitHub mm-hmm. APIs, which mm-hmm. are generally quite well regarded. But uh, I don't know, Simon, you you would have built a lot of the code of of this product. Um, do you have any feedback for GitHub? <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of feedback for GitHub, having integrated with them a few times. But uh, yeah, I'm just interested I, in your perspective, right? Because all a lot of us are trying to build APIs, and we do look to people like GitHub and Stripe as as examples of best practice. But is it really best practice? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? What's good and what's bad? Yeah, well, I think documentation wise, it's pretty important um, mm-hmm. for beginner. Uh, beginner to for them, you need a clear guidance uh, on GitHub. How do you really engage with different open source? Like there's tons of options. Um, people do, tend to not understand what is GitHub, and my very beginning experience is really bad. Uh, so better documentation, I think that would definitely help. And I think Ethan probably will have more comments on that. How GitHub can yeah. handle things better. Yeah, I think that, you know, GitHub has a lot of, uh, of really innovative ideas within their, their API. I think similar to a lot of organizations, though, um, it's both a example of how to do API versioning and growth over many years of support and a case study in what not to do. Okay, let's unpack this. Let's unpack it. Yeah, I think my biggest uh, advice to GitHub or um, you know maybe frustration when working with a lot of their tools has been uh, the difference between the GraphQL API and the REST API, and obviously that's a that's a hard problem to solve. You know GraphQL and the dynamic nature and power that you get from it has been amazing, but at the same time there's very simple things that you can get from the REST API that you just can't get access to via the GraphQL API. And some of that's like commit information, commit metadata. And those variants can be very frustrating without clear documentation on like, hey, here's a limitation. Here's what you can get exposed to. Here's what you can't get exposed to. Um, and you know, I, I think, like I said, they, they've done a fantastic job of versioning their APIs, communicating deprecations with developers. But I, I do feel like it's inevitable with how big they are to be surface level. And then you, you you have to really hunt and peck through the stack overflows of the world where you find like, hey, here's how you can leverage the GraphQL uh, API to get access to what is deprecated in REST API version one, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And that would be uh, that would be an area of focus that would be really cool. Um, data standardization is another one for them uh, that you can see has evolved over time, um, specifically within their their APIs. All of their IDs have changed between the REST API and the GraphQL API, moving from just a like an ID field to a node ID. And those are those are two things, you know, I think my user on GitHub at least has two internal IDs that vary. And <laughs> those are just nuances from when you're, you know, you're getting a oh, maybe you're getting yeah. a webhook from GitHub 
and it comes across as the the ID field. Then you go to GraphQL and you try to use it. It's like, no, you, you need the node ID. So, um, you know, I think definitely uh, has been fun to, to integrate with them. And they've, uh, you know, I, I think my my credit to them would just be what a, a fantastic undertaking that they've done to expose the data that they sit on top of. I'm a big fan of marketplace strategies with SaaS products. And I love the fact that we can build apps like Vaunt on GitHub itself. So, yeah. you know, all of these things are little petty feedback points, but um, has been a, a lot of fun working and, and learning from their APIs. Well, de- details matter. Details matter. Yeah, and, we, absolutely. We, when we work with, with our clients, uh, and a lot of them have limited resources, we're trying to figure out what do we build, right? So do we do we just build the reference documentation? Do we right. build a bunch of blog posts? Do we... Do we do we build like uh, code snippets? Do we build entire right. sample apps that you can cut and paste and start? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll ask you guys right as you went through yeah. this process of integrating with with GitHub. Sure, you had this reference documentation, but I was kind of picking up the sense that you you still had to do a lot of experimentation. Would right. uh, would a, a self contained sample app, mm-hmm. right, the canonical yeah. to do list, that have right. helped? Right. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, they they've got varying levels of those. The again, I think the the challenge is keeping everything up to date with the changes that they have. But I personally right. how we attack a lot of those those processes is um, somewhat all of the above, which is really hard with finite resources, especially our team. We're a very small team. Uh, it's three developers total. We're growing. And again, we have our parent company that allows us to lean on them from time to time. but um, you know that that's a challenge when we're looking at how can we get really good crisp documentation out. How can we cater to each individual audience? And um, you know, my my litmus test is is always go try to build with it. And if the documentation exists that allows me to just kind of fall through it, I'm happy. If it doesn't, I try to make as much edits to the documentation as I can. Um, so I. I really prefer, um, you know, a little bit of, of both good documentation on just black and white resources. And then I'm a huge visual learner. So anything that is in a blog with a code snippet or a sample application that I can chew on makes me super happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let us turn our attention to the more commercial side of things, right? Because yes. um, if I'm, again, a SaaS company, and I have my offering, and uh, developers play a key role in adoption for me. Now, there are two aspects to that, right? One is I'm either, and I think the terminology is developer first, where it's the developer that starts using my tool and then ultimately asks their boss to buy it. Yeah. Or uh, I'm developer enabled, where uh, it might be more of a business tool, but ultimately there has to be an integration and the developers kind of get to say yes or no, or kind of get sure. to recommend to consulting clients that, you know, these are the guys to use. Um, but in both, well, in the, in the, I guess in the first scenario, you could say that developers are effectively leads for right. the business. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, maybe, maybe not so much, um, but there's this term floating around in the developer relations community, uh, DQL, right? Developer qualified yes. leads. Do you guys have mm-hmm. any thoughts on that? And are is that yes. is that something that you're going to be looking at? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you, uh, glad you brought it up. And I think splitting them into those distinct two camps is a really good way to look at it. Um, I, I think where my head goes instantly is when you're, you're approaching things from the developer first standpoint, um, you know, a marketing bugs that t- typically gets thrown around is just the stickiness of that individual user. And when you're developer first, I think the, the benefit is when you're going into uh, the developer's boss, you have a champion that you're taking with you that says, here's the tool. I like this tool. It's a community. It's free, but they have this really cool feature that I really want to unlock. And it's less of a salesman that's pitching that to you. It's, it's your own internal team. You have a, a third party or an unbiased user of your product already. They're, they're celebrating it with you and you're pushing it forward. And I, I don't think that can be uh, highlighted enough in open source. And I think the reason why we're seeing such an explosion in profitable commercial open source companies is because they do have that developer champion at organizations already that are growing with this tool. Yeah. And I think that's, that is amazing. I think that is such a, a fun, a fun time to be in uh, the software engineering world with how much is available and ready for you to use at varying price points. And then it, what I, you know, what I also uh, really find encouraging about that is um, good products typically bubble up first and it makes your job as a CTO or a, a leader of the engineering org to say, Hey, here's a group of, of engineers that are touting these products in market. And here's the visible use that they're using. And you get that view into how it's being leveraged. And to me that, you know, I, I don't want to be little sales by any means, but I, I feel like that sells itself, you know, for my oh, standpoint, yeah. Yeah. It, it's an easy sell <laughs> when a developer comes to me with a really well uh, used open source tool versus something that I, I kind of have to take at face value. Um, so, you know, again, on, on our experience that, uh, we we have a mix between closed source products and open source products and um, finding that balance point between, you know, how we can approach the market with open source tools and how we can leverage that same type of transparency to further elevate our SaaS offering is is really key. And I think that's where developer qualified leads are, are crucial. Absolutely. Uh, well, I know that I have persuaded bosses and clients to buy software that I like. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yes. going to ask you guys. Si- Simon, have you done that? Have you made your boss buy something? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, Ethan is my boss here. So <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, he, he has. He's, he, there you, uh, go. you know, the other really fun thing, not to uh, interrupt Simon, but the fun thing about this project is we're building it for open source orgs. So just the widespread that we've been bringing, and Simon's really been leading the charge on a lot of those. He's bringing all of these companies up like, hey, here's a really cool open source project. I think we can engage with them here, here, and here. And, you know, from my stance, being overly, uh, you know, busy with a lot of technical challenges, I just love jumping into these projects, learning more about them, understanding how we can use them, understanding their use case, their market fit, and seeing what we can do to help. So. Um, yeah, Simon has definitely given me a, a few technology pitches, both from a, a potential customer standpoint and just internal uh, sales to uh, to leverage. Very cool. Awesome. And of course, you are a developer too yourself, right? Ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I, I, and I noticed on the, the Vaunt.dev site, you do have uh, Discord. Are you... Yep. 
I would say you're just taking baby steps at the moment to start building the community. So what's your community yeah. strategy going to be? Are you going to start running conferences and meetups or are yeah. you, where like yeah. what's the what's the approach you guys are ultimately going to take, right? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh my strategy is continuing to develop tools that developers use and and meeting them in the open source space where we see a fit with our our services directly. So a strategy to grow our community to date has been strategically open sourcing a lot of the R components and pushing out useful tools that developers can engage with, doing a little bit of developer uh, you know, adv- advocacy and enablement along the way to show how the tools can be used to accelerate their projects and make them successful. Um, and then, you know, more just guerrilla marketing strategy showing up to conferences. I had a a really good opportunity here recently in Seattle at a, a few conferences to, um, you know, just get in and have conversations with open source organizations. And again, try to figure out, you know, what is driving their KPIs from a, an open sense, uh, open source stance. And I think the more we can learn, the the more we'll just naturally grow our community alongside of them and hopefully be the, the silent tool that allows them to continue to grow their awesome communities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, sorry, Simon. Yeah, actually, we are participating in Hacktoberfest, which is a digital hosting yes. uh, hackathon event in October. So we will have our own award ceremony by end of October. So hope everyone can participate and see how Vaunt works, and we will recognize your open source contribution. And um and giving out exclusive digital bash there. Awesome. Uh and I, I mean a few other use cases occurred to me um uh, just from stuff I've done over the years, right? So you 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 mentioned the hackathon thing. So I mean when people are running hackathons, uh it it's, it would be really nice to just recognize the contributions and the participation, um uh, achievements and all that sort of stuff. So that there that's one. And then another one uh is workshops at conferences yes because you know you you, even though people often pay to attend well you know Mm -hmm. i've I've run workshops where there's five people turned up right right but you still want to say thank you right yes um yep you still want to recognize that it happened that there was a some sort of history um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i I just really inspired by the basic principle of thank being thankful to to your yes. community uh and as uh, and you guys are an enabler for that it's 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 really really cool um and then of course you're generating developer qualified leads so yep. ultimately hopefully the the, <laughs> the 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 flywheel starts turning and the engine of the business exactly. works um, yep hopefully the incentives align that's the that's the theory behind it and you know i, I think that uh the cool part again not to uh to belittle the the awesome partners that we work with but you know we're we're enabling their communities to grow obviously that's really great for Vaunt as well if we can be an enablement a part of that tool there's a lot of visibility into some of the projects that we're we're supporting so we've seen an amazing just uh i would say co uh, collaboration between organizations that we enable through achievements um the company that we're working with answers dev is also participating in the the hacktoberfest and uh, it's just been so fun to engage with them as they're promoting their experiences and their uh, their achievements, and then seeing how our tool is used and and both just kind of growing naturally together. 
Awesome. Well, uh, we have run out of time, uh, but <laughs> I, I've installed it. I've got to go play with it now. So that's uh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, you guys have. Yeah, you guys are a fan right here. Sorry, this is like totally awesome. biased and everything, but hey, it's my podcast, so. <laughs> yes, I love uh, it and really appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, want to watch. Take care. Ethan, awesome. Simon, thank you. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. See ya. Bye. You can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgeek.com slash podcast. Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgeek.com slash newsletter or follow our Twitter at voxgeek. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.